I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less? everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to the newest episode of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today, we're going to do something we haven't done in a bit. We've really been focused on kind of coach-student relationship, a lot of different ideas on coaching, and then, um, then we took a little detour on breath work over these last few weeks. But uh, today, we're going to take a step back. Some of our most popular episodes on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show are dedicated to a group of people who debatably aren't people, and that is white belts. And it depends on who you ask. I won't tell you guys my opinion on whether white belts are people or not, but hey, I'm doing an episode for you guys. I've got to think something of you, right? I've got to like you a little bit, right? But I can't go admitting that I like white belts or that I think that they are real people on a podcast. That's too political. That's too big of a statement. And so I just thought instead I would look at some things, especially mindset-wise. Um, and you know, we always talk about habits on the show. We always talk about black belt habits and striving to get there. But let's talk about some white belt habits to develop and some things for you right now, even as a, as a, a newer blue belt, but just someone who is still newer in jujitsu. Um, and honestly, they're going to be takeaways, uh, as always, for um, for high level guys too, you know, this is, uh, the, my perspective that I'm going to be sharing. And so, and this is also my perspective that I get to experiment with on all the white belts that come into my gym. You know, I don't have some consistent curriculum that I do that is, uh, exact. A lot of things that I do are by feel at my gym. And so that is why I can, uh, kind of boil it down to these big ideas like we're going to do today, like we always do on the Isaka Jiu-Jitsu show. And um, I think it's helpful uh, to people. So hopefully this episode will be helpful to you guys. If you guys are watching the video version of this podcast, uh, be sure, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, be sure to give us a like, a, what is, is that? Yeah, thumbs up. Click that thumbs up thing. And uh, give us a subscribe too. If you're watching on anything else, we would love if you would give us a five-star review. And of course, you could always share this show with a friend. Um, but that being said, we're just going to go ahead and dig into today's episode. All right, everybody, let's get started in today's episode. And let's look at, um, I think, the first habit for white belts to develop. And there are some white belts that maybe have done other sports or have done other martial arts or even um, just have learned this habit in school or at work or something like that. And to me, this one little thing will be make or break all the other habits. It'll be make or break um, whether or not you are going to get good at jujitsu and, um, it will really determine how quickly you get good at jujitsu. And that is how well you can pay attention. Uh, it is so hard for people, especially at first to pay attention while someone is teaching a move. I'd argue that a lot of times, um, people's teaching contributes to that. Uh, it's not very clear and it's not very concise. It's very, um, uh, there's just too much to it. And then it becomes hard for people to decide what to pay attention to, um, decide what part or, or what thing matters to them, right? Uh, for example, a lot of coaches will give you, you know, 10 really important things about this one move. Um, and this move is one super specific situation. And uh, one super specific scenario. And so the coach gives you then 10 things that he thinks are important to understand about this. And then you go, crap, but which one is the most important? Or are they all just the same amount of important, right? Because I can't focus on 10 things at once. And so people that can boil these things down into one or two really important ideas, um, they make moves easier for us to learn. And so uh, for a lot of 
of the time, what you're going to try to do at first. Because you're not going to, maybe you have a coach that teaches a lot and teaches with great detail. And again, this is not a bad thing. It's just going to be the hardest to pay attention to. It's going to be the the toughest for you if you're struggling with focus, um, if you're struggling with just being attentive and uh, really learning jujitsu. How you do it is not, okay, my coach usually does a 10-minute monologue on on this guard pass when he starts to teach it. Uh, I need to just be engaged in everything and shake my head yes and no, yes, yes, the whole time, you know, so then that means that I'm really engaged. And to me, a lot of the times that is not how being engaged in learning a jujitsu move actually feels. A lot of the time, being interested in the move is going to be the easiest way to be engaged in it. If my coach starts to do a knee cut and I am aware enough and uh, we talked a lot about a few weeks ago just about the importance of self-awareness. If I am aware of myself enough, aware of my jujitsu enough, that I go, I miss this pass all the time. And so that does not mean that like, even though, because maybe this coach has showed me the pass a thousand times and I go, oh, well, I already know this pass. But the truth is, if you're missing, if you're missing this pass, you don't know it. You do not know what's important. You know a version of it. You know an idea around it, but you don't know how to successfully do it. And a lot of times just being aware of that and not throwing the excuse of, oh, well, I'm a white belt or, oh, well, you know, I've seen this enough or this doesn't fit my body. Most of the time, it's just that you don't understand it well enough. And if you paid attention to your coach who's taught you this 10 times and you actually gave your coach the attention and all you did was you tried to solve the problem. The problem for you is you don't finish the knee cut and he's showing a knee cut. And so you can't figure out why you don't finish the knee cut. And so what you do is that is how you pay attention. That is the lens you look through. You go, I am here in this moment to find myself getting better at the knee cut, to find why I don't hit the knee cut. And then when we drill it, then I can focus on that one little detail or that one little idea. And again, maybe your coach talks for 10 minutes. And so it's hard for you to kind of, uh, you know, pick out that thing that you don't understand or pick out that part that you're missing. But if you're very attentive and you just each time he goes, you need the underhook and you say, okay, I always get the underhook. That's not what it is. And then he says, you need your head over here. You go, huh, is my head over there usually? And then maybe you don't even have a good answer to how to get your head there. And so you ask a question. And then your coach has talked for 10 minutes and everybody rolls their eyes because they're like, come on, come on, dude. He's been talking forever. Why ask him a question right now? Um, But you're able to then in one moment, in one class, fix your knee cut because most of the time it's just one small thing that you're missing. Most of the time when you are, you know, even when you're just, when you go to that mindset and this is really, this is white belt mentality, um, not the one that we want though. Uh, when you go to that mindset of, oh, I know this already. Uh, I hear that all the time when I teach like a kid's class. Oh, well, we've done this before. But here's the argument. So you're telling me that you can hit it on anybody here? No. Then you don't understand it. Then you're not good at it. And if it is important to get good at, then you should be focused on it. And so, so often... Um, and it's probably, you know, maybe I'm just getting old, uh, but it's always, it's always the world's problem. Anytime there's something like this, right? Uh, it's always because of Instagram and the instant gratification world that we live in. Um, but the truth is that is exactly what it is from so many people. And I know that this happens for sure at this point with the Isaka Jiu-Jitsu show. So many people will go, Hey, Josh is an adult black belt competitor. He is probably, I would just go ahead and assume that he would beat up my coach if they grappled. Therefore, everything Josh says is right and everything my coach says is wrong. This is the mentality of of life now. This is just what you hear all the time is, you know, you hear it in jujitsu constantly. Oh no, that guy sucks. He lost to that guy. She's like, bro, shut your mouth. Both of them would beat you and then would beat everybody that you lose to. You know, like that's how good these guys are. They do not suck. They are both 
exponentially better than you. And you would learn so much from both if you weren't so egotistical and you weren't trying to first be understood before you understand. And so often, that is what people want to do. You want to find the secret. Oh, I found this podcast that tells me all kinds of great stuff, so much innovative stuff. My coach doesn't even know this. Now I am smarter than my coach. Absolutely not. Your coach has 12 years of experience. You have two. You are not smarter than him. You In the jujitsu sense, you may be smarter than him in the, the real world sense, but in the jujitsu sense, him being on the mat so long has allowed him to intuitively know things that you still can't comprehend. That is just fact. That is just how being high level at anything is, not just jujitsu. But so often people who come in, they go, oh, I get this now. I want to tell people what I think about it. And the truth is nobody cares because what you think is not yet relevant. And that is harsh reality. That is harsh truth, but that is why you should focus. That's why you should be attentive. Even when you start, you get to a point sometimes that you start beating your own coach. And then you go, oh, okay, well, now I don't have to listen. That is the stupidest mindset that I have ever heard. That is the dumbest thing. Do you think that like Tom Brady, when he could start playing quarterback better than Bill Belichick could play quarterback, that he goes, now I don't need to listen to my coach? No, these are two different things. The coach, a lot of times, is just watching the individual or should just be watching the individual, helping the individual. It is not, hey, I'm going to turn you into me. That is not what, that is not what the, the jujitsu journey is. It is you coming in and then you changing as a person and you growing as a person. And a good coach, even if you start to get better at than them at jujitsu, a good coach can still help you, can still help you grow. A lot of the conversations that I have with my coach are not technical anymore. Sometimes we do, do tech, have technical conversations, but most of the time they're not. They're very general. They are man, this is kind of what I'm noticing of my students. And then he'll say, this is what I'm noticing of mine. And then we'll talk about that and say, oh, maybe we should try this or try that. But it is just a totally different mentality than, hey, it matters. You know, we should only, only the winner should be able to answer the questions, right? And that's just how it is in jujitsu nowadays. Um, and to me, it does not make sense. Uh, you know, to act like these, 60-year-old black belts that have been doing jujitsu for 40 years, they have been black belts for 40 years, that they could beat me. Most likely they're not going to. I'm bigger, stronger, more athletic at this point in my life. But then for me to say that means that I have nothing to learn from these guys is ignorant. And so that is why attentiveness is so important. That is why focus and, and, you know, <laughs> the, the word that I'm looking for, the term that I'm looking for is it's why keeping your mouth shut and just going in and learning and just trying your best to learn to focus because it is like a muscle. You have to get reps of focusing. It's not hard for me to focus on jujitsu technique anymore. When somebody starts teaching something, I'm interested in it. And now I know the techniques and the ideas so well, a lot of times I'm looking at like, is there anything that they do slightly different than me? Because I want to know how to make mine better. And I want to know why they do it that way. And so that is going to be um, just our first thought on being attentive. The next thing that we will talk about is what we always talk about. We hit the same talking points constantly on the Isaka Jiu-Jitsu show because they are the things that, like we say, you boil jujitsu down there, the things that really matter. And consistency with whatever type of training you are trying to do, with whatever you're wanting to accomplish in, in jujitsu, consistency matters so much. Uh, and what consistency means is doing something over and over for a long time. It does not mean I have to train every day 
uh, and I have to do this and I have to be lifting and I have to adapt to this huge mindset and all these other things that jujitsu athletes do. I think that those things are great. And eventually you will probably want to adapt those things. Eventually you're going to need to, to do some type of strength training or at least some type of rehabilitation training because jujitsu is so hard on your body. You're going to need to do other things like that. And so I think what's really important is first making sure that you can be consistent on the mats. That is the first place to be consistent. And so often people look at their jujitsu journey and the start of it as this massive lifestyle change. And it will be if you stay consistent. But it is not a massive lifestyle change if you just force it upon yourself. Meaning, okay, and this is, I get this constantly. People will sign up at my gym and they'll go, hey, I'm down, you know, I'm down three or four pounds my first week, like awesome. And then that'll motivate them to start to really diet. And so then they'll be like, okay, I'm going to train jujitsu four days a week and I'm going to start this diet. Like, okay, that's a lot to be starting right now because two weeks ago you were training jujitsu zero days a week, right? Two weeks ago, you were eating whatever you want. Two massive changes. Oh, okay. The three days that you're taking off, now you're going to lift weights too. I'll never see you again. That is the conversation that I have. I've had it with a ton of brand new people. And there's nothing wrong with being motivated. But when you force yourself to be super busy without putting first things first and developing the important habit, the thing that actually matters... To me, doesn't make sense. For your consistency, for your uh, developing your habit, you should first focus on, hey, all these other things, the weightlifting, the yoga that I want to do, the diet that I want to do. A lot of these things I'm wanting to do so I can be better on the mat and so I can be more consistent on the mat. But sometimes when I put so much of my focus into them, I stop focusing on jujitsu. And um, we talk about this as competitors a lot. You see guys that want to make a different weight class and they focus so much on the weight cut and then they make the weight and then they perform terribly because they weren't focused on jujitsu. They were just focused on making weight. And so uh, it comes the same with most people, especially when they start, they want to, they see what the black belt does. They see what the highest level guys do. These guys train four days a week and lift three times. They all diet. So I should do all those things too. And that's not a bad mindset to have. It's just when you try to do it all at once, a lot of times you forget that making those four classes a week should be your primary goal if you want to get good at jujitsu. Yes, lifting can help your jujitsu so much, but not if you're not training jujitsu. You've got to be doing that first. And so for you, whatever that is, one day a week, two days a week, whatever it is, you make sure that you can consistently do it. And then on the days that you hate doing it, on the days that you had a really long day at work, but it's it's the, the other day that you are supposed to train, sometimes you do take off on those days. But when you're trying to build the habit, you don't. When you're trying to build the habit, you say, well, if I could show up on a day like today, I could show up any day. So all I have to do is get there today, and I know I'm showing up any other day. Even if you're, even if that practice sucks, even if you struggle to be attentive, um, even if you struggle to be engaged, you struggle to be able to roll hard, even if you totally take it easy, you just drill, you showed up, you got better at being consistent. You got better at showing up. Remember, this is a skill. This is a habit. And the more you do it, the less you have to think about doing it. The more that Monday and Wednesday night is just jujitsu night and you don't even have to think about it. And so I think that we can look at um, kind of the next things. Yeah, I think we'll look at the next things. No, actually, you know what? Let's get into losing. Before we get into a commercial, um, let's get let's get into what it why you should be okay with losing and what losing even is in jujitsu and how to define it because a lot of people losing they understand they're going to lose it first and um and that's pretty common very few very seldom does somebody walk in the gym and they can win right um but 
they can, uh, a lot of people will walk in and expect to lose because everything that they read about tells them, yeah, you're going to get beat up in jujitsu. You're going to lose. But most of the time, you didn't expect it to be the way that it was. You didn't expect children to be beating you up badly, you know, to be beating you up and looking up at their parents and smiling as there's nothing that you can do. You know, when you have 50 pounds on this kid and it's a kid, right? You didn't expect women that you outweighed by 100 pounds to beat you up for months. You just didn't expect this, right? And so at some point or another, losing gets discouraging. It happens over and over again to me uh, on your jiu-jitsu journey. A lot of times you'll lose, you'll stay consistent, and then you'll start to win. And then you'll go, oh, finally, everything's great. And then your training partners, the people you would lose to, they'll get their jump. And then you know, like you'll start competing well with them, and then they'll kind of pull away again. And you're like, oh, gosh, I'm losing again. And it's really, really frustrating. So just a few little thoughts on that. Yes, everyone says you got to get tapped out 10,000 times to get your black belt or whatever. Um, I would argue that it's very different. I would argue that there are some people that don't get to tapped out 10,000 times. I've had good athletes come into the gym and, and people that are really able to stay attentive and really able to get good quickly that they aren't on track for the 10,000 submissions. So I don't think that that is necessarily what has to happen, that you have to get submitted 10,000 times and it's just that simple. Because you could get submitted 10,000 times and still kind of suck. It's really, really possible. I would say it's probably pretty common. And it's, again, it's back to awareness. And so when you lose, just looking at it why you lost, or awareness and focus, I guess, looking at why you lost, um, most people just lose over and over and over and they only care about winning and losing. And so then they go into the next round going, I hope I'm going to win this one. But you shouldn't be thinking of either of those things. Neither of those things matter. You're in the gym. You are there to get better. What matters is that you get better. So your wins and losses should be built around things that make you better at jiu-jitsu. So um, for example, when you knee cut me 10 times in the round. I could get frustrated and go, I suck. My guard retention sucks. You know, I just don't want to train anymore. Or I could say, holy smokes, that's a big hole in my game. I need to ask somebody. I need to talk. I need to figure out how to fix this. Right? It's the same first step. We both had the same cue, but we both responded to it completely differently. And while you're while you are obsessed with yourself and obsessed with how you feel and obsessed with wins and losses, I'm obsessed with jujitsu. Who's going to get better from those losses? Those losses are valuable for me. They're almost destroying you. And so changing your mentality of losing is so important. You know, I, I thought here on Gracie said it best on the show. He said, when I get submitted, he said, I don't get mad. He said, when I submit you, I'm excited because jujitsu works. And he goes, and when you submit me, I am excited because jujitsu works. You're just trying to figure out how to master it. You're just trying to figure out how to get good at it. And so when it comes to losing, as, as hard as it is, sometimes you are going to get discouraged, but always try to learn from those things. Always try to find, uh, you know, find that, that hole. That, that was exposed to you because there always is. And don't forget when you say things like, well, this guy has 20 pounds on me or this, you know, you make those excuses, then you steal that opportunity from yourself. You no longer get the opportunity to look at it objectively and just let it be jujitsu. When it has to do with the person's size, when it has to do with things that are out of your control, anything but jujitsu, you can't fix that. But if it is a jiu-jitsu thing, you can fix it. And so no matter what, even if you're sure that it is the person's size or it is something else, focus on the jiu-jitsu that you missed. Focus on making your jiu-jitsu better. Now, the other side of that, and that's how to deal with losing, how to define winning. Because in the beginning, it's if you don't have, if, if you're not athletic to start, 
you know, if you were, you know, average or even less than average when it comes to physicality, winning is going to be hard in the beginning. It is going to be hard to win rounds. Consistency matters so much more. Just showing up because eventually you will get good and you will notice that a lot of people just fall off. A lot of people with so much more talent, so many more skills than you do, they just fall off. And if you just stay and you keep the right mindset, you'll keep growing, you'll keep getting better. But with winning also, you can redefine what winning even is. For you, maybe you're small. Maybe you're brand new, you're small, and you train at a gym where they don't have a lot of white belts. So you don't even get a lot of chances to do offense. And most of what you are doing is getting beat up. And so maybe a win for you is if I can get this guy that has mounted me back into half guard just once, that's a win for me. Even if he submits me in this round, if I cannot get submitted by this guy, that's a win for me. And you give yourself attainable ways to win. You don't look at the black belt and go, I'm going to roll with the black belt today. Like he's giving you 2%, dude. There is nothing that you could ever do to, to beat him in like, except for get way better. And so you like looking at those wins and losses, right? It's the wrong. You have a performance mindset there because, okay, let's say you did submit your coach. Why would it matter? He's going 3%. It does not matter at all. You need to actually look at attainable things, you know, like focus, look at me here. This is hard truth. You suck and you just need to get better. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of matches that I'll have at Black Belt Adult where I'll walk off the mat and I'll go, okay, so the answer is I suck. I've got to get better. I've got some things to work on, right? And those losses, they're the same. I treat them the same as you should be treating yours in the gym. It's just everybody gets to watch on YouTube when I take mine. Uh, at least your guys is staying secret. Uh, but don't do that to yourself. Don't make these obnoxious goals that you'll never be able to accomplish. Give yourself goals you could accomplish tonight. I should be able to. I can't even get unflat from mount, much less get to half guard. Maybe I'll first just focus on if I can get on my side, that is, that, that is enough for me. My elbow's tight and get on my side, and then I can work on getting to half guard next time. But when you do that, then you can actually see yourself getting better. You can actually see your own progression, and it encourages you to stay consistent, and it helps you find new things to focus on. Because when you are focused on things, when you're focused on that smashed mount position, and you're focused on getting back to half, even if you don't succeed, on your ride home, you actually focused on something. So it is not... How do I prevent the 30 submissions I got caught in? It is, how do I get better at getting on my side? I couldn't get on my side. How do I do it more? And so then you have something to work, right? And so that is why we focus. Um, we'll come back. We'll uh, kind of switch the focus a little bit. And um, I think, yeah, I think we'll just go ahead and turn it over to old Josh McKinney for a commercial break. Hey guys, Josh McKinney here. Just wanted to interrupt really quick with a commercial break and tell you guys about something that I have that is absolutely free but is incredibly valuable. And it is my newest ebook. It is called The Three Lenses. And what I did was I took 14 years of perspective of jujitsu. I've learned from all kinds of different amazing coaches, but I've noticed that all these high level coaches have different ways of explaining jujitsu, different ways of training on their own, and different ways of making their students train. And they all worked. And what I started to realize is it was more about the individual and that we have three typical perspectives that we will learn jujitsu from. And each person kind of gravitates towards one of these three perspectives. And the three lenses will explain to you which perspective you probably learned from and then how to take that perspective and hack it to maximize your jujitsu training. It will also add you to my email list, the Gi Gazette. The Gi Gazette, the best jujitsu email list that there is right now. There's really no reason to not sign up for the Three Lenses ebook. Uh, again, it is available completely free and only at simplifyingjujitsu.com. So you can go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three and download your free copy of the Three Lenses ebook. 
Let's get back to the episode. All right, guys. So let's talk about ego. Let's talk about what role it plays in jujitsu. I think that it's really, it's really common. I was doing this, this podcast interview and I remember the guy, I don't know what the, the question was, but the guy said something along the lines of, man, you just must not have an ego anymore. And I was like, (laughs) I do. I have a huge ego. Uh, And uh, it is something that I battle with constantly. I've gotten slightly better at winning the battle with it, but I still battle with it constantly. When I lose a match in front of in front of all of my students and all of my teammates and anyone who's watching online, what do you think it is that hurts inside of me? What do you think, you know, makes me so frustrated? That is my ego. That is me believing that I should have won, expecting more, you know? And, uh, um, so to act like, you know, and I think that this is, there is this, this black belt pedestal that we believe that black belts should be these amazing, all-knowing, um, completely perfect people. And they are just as messed up as everybody else. And so a lot of times it's surprising to us when we find that out. It's surprising that these guys are messed up. And um, we think there is this, this notion that there is no ego, that these guys just, you lose enough in jujitsu and you stop caring about those things. This is not true. I, I get to beat up guys a lot. And so it's not uncommon to beat black belts. And a lot of times, half the time, I would say more often than any other belt, black belts don't handle it well to me. Of course, they're not, used to losing. If I here, I'll tell you guys one, if I lose, I lose. It's just part of it. I owe Watson martial arts an apology. I've been dogging you guys for months now. And finally, I won't tell, I won't say by name until after the next tournament that this person is going to do, because I don't want to give away any secrets, but I got submitted by a Watson Martial Arts guy last Friday, guys. And that being said, it was at Revive. I had forgotten my black belt, so I was wearing this black belt that Nick Sanders let me borrow. I'm not saying that all of my skill was in my real black belt, but I, I'm just saying. I mean, there was that. I was kind of, you know... I was kind of tired that day too. And, you know, like, honestly, I wasn't even, it was like, I was, I thought we were rolling light. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, no, those are the excuses that you hear all the time. It's like, dude, no, you just got submitted. I didn't see, I actually, that's not true. I actually did see what I got caught with coming and I thought I was going to beat it and I didn't. And I got submitted. And I was like, dang, lose to a Watson guy, man. <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances? But that's part of training. One, it's a blast that you have when you're someone like me that you can actually have people that can beat you in training. That's a, those are really high. I have a lot of guys that can beat me in training. That's a really high-level team. I didn't used to have that. Why would I look at it negatively? I'm going to look at it as, hey, I will, I'll die before I get caught in that again. You know, I will do everything I can. I will drill for thousands of hours, never getting put in in that situation again and figuring out why it happened. But I'm not going to make excuses about it. You win, you lose. This is part of jujitsu. 
And I promise, nobody handles this worse than black belts um, that I've seen. It, it's just, it's because most of the time you get a black belt, you, you, you start a school, you stop training so hard, you stop ever needing, I mean, you're going with guys that you teach and that are still very new. You, they never make you work. And then somebody can beat you and it's really hard to accept. It's really hard to to go, oh, I lost today. I lost today in front of my students, in front of, it's really hard. And so that being said, I know we're kind of talking directly to white belts on this episode. Understand that the ego thing is gonna be really hard. Cause then, you know, maybe you'll go, oh man, I mastered my ego and then you'll compete. And then another situation will happen and you'll be like, no, I didn't. I didn't react the way I should have. And um, most of the time you don't because of how you think of yourself. You A lot of times you think of yourself greater than you are. You know, when I lose these matches and I get frustrated by it, it's because I thought of myself greater than that performance. And, you know, yes, you need to be confident and you need to believe in yourself, but sometimes you start to be delusional when you let your ego tell you that you know more than your coach or let your ego tell you that you are better than you can actually perform, right? Uh, sometimes just being honest with yourself is the best way to deal with your ego and just go, hey, no, that's, that's not true. And then if you struggle with that, just marry my wife. She'll tell you when your ego is getting out of check, you know? Uh, no, that is, I, I'm kind of jo- joking about that, but that is true. That is the, the person that is always really honest with me about, about the things I'm saying about myself, about how I'm acting. Um, uh, that's my wife having a partner that will do that for you. That's so, so helpful because it is hard to see when it's you. It is the, the ego thing is hard to see when it's you. And that is, you know, we talked, the, we finished the commercial uh, or went right into the commercial and we were talking about losing. And I guess that the ego talk is just understanding that that is part of losing, you know, and maybe, maybe you are mastering your ego more each time you get a rep of losing to someone, especially someone you shouldn't and you handle it correctly. You handle it, uh, I remember, um, I remember being, I don't remember, I might've been a purple or brown belt, but I remember the first time that I submitted my coach legitimately and it didn't happen for years later after that, you know, he beat me down for submitting him. But when I did, he was smiling before the submission was even let go. He tapped and just had the biggest, he gave me a hug. He literally gave me a hug the first time I submitted him. And that taught me two things. One, this guy really cares about my success. This guy really, he really does care that I get better. And then two, it taught me how to handle losing and how to go, oh, dude, you just get, you get submitted and then you move on who cares? You know, like, and, um, you know, getting to learn that from my coach who was a UFC fighter who was, you know, at the time probably, um, was in the UFC and, you know, one of his kids, 19 year old, 20 year old kids was able to beat him once. And it was like, it, you, his face made it look like it was the happiest moment of his life. He was so excited for me. And I see that and I go, okay, that's how you handle losing. And I talk to you guys about this constantly, about my coach's mindset when it comes to progression and like how I know, you know, I know for me, I've gotten better in these last three years at teaching, at competing and all these things. My coach has too, but the difference is my coach has 15 more years of experience than I do. 12 maybe, yeah, 12 more years of experience than I do. A lot more experience than I do on the mat. And you see that and you go, okay, well, that is the mentality that keeps you there, that builds you an amazing school, probably one of the biggest in the Midwest, makes you a great competitor. You know, I look at all those things, those, you know, we talk about habits and I can highlight that example of my coach, highlight that humility and how much it has mattered 
And, uh, you know, it's always like, to me, I look at seeing, you know, like I see where I'm at now and I just, I'm so thankful for those situations. Now, that being said, I've been under him for 15 years. There were times that I wanted to get better faster and that I was growing impatient and I wanted to be a better competitor. Um, that is normal. Those feelings of being impatient and going, I want my blue belt. That's normal. That's a that's an okay thing to feel. But the answer is always get better at jujitsu. No matter what you're feeling there, the answer is always shut up and train. It really is. You want to get your blue belt? Get better. Eventually, you know, uh, my I remember one of my brown belts put it. You know, we were talking about him getting his black belt, and um, he says, "Yeah, uh, I'm not really worried about it. He's a brown belt, and he's like, I, he's like, I pretty much can just beat anybody. So he's like, eventually, people are gonna be really mad at you that I don't have a black belt. Why would I? You know, he's like, I want to be the best brown belt that there has ever been. He's like, why would? He's like, I don't get any control of black belt of when I get it." He's like, so why wouldn't I just make sure that everybody is saying, Josh, could you please give this guy his black belt? And the truth is, that is exactly what was happening. That is exactly what happened. And so uh, getting to you know, getting to see like how somebody that's high level treats not getting the belt that they want and just going, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm just going to get better because that is always the answer. So when you're feeling impatient, when you're frustrated that your progression is not where it needs to be, that's okay. That's just where you were at right now. What habits could you build to get better? What focus could you have to get better? What have you been losing to? Fix it. Spend time focused on it. You will actually be able to check a box and know that you are getting better. And that's where we'll finish is just some ideas on um, goal setting, journaling, and uh, just reflecting. We've talked about these things this whole episode, uh, but when it comes to when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to like, I guess journaling in general in jujitsu, I have some thoughts on it. It's not something I've been huge on. Um, I have friends that have been huge on it. I have friends that have notebooks that have every jujitsu move that they've ever learned written in them. I don't know how much they go through those notebooks, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much those notebooks actually help. Um, and so I will explain why I don't write stuff down. And I really, I really write very, 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 very little down. Um, but, uh, and then I will explain why some people do. And I think that both can be fine. Their answer is probably better than mine. Mine probably has more to do with who I am as a person, um, other than anything else, just, uh, just how I like to live life. Uh, but um, we'll just look at kind of small goals. Small goals are important, whether they're written down or whether they're just small goals in your head that you're trying to accomplish each day. They are so important. And so when you, where they come from though, is the big goal. And so if the big goal is blue belt, and one, you could ask your coach, coach, I, I really want to become a blue belt. Uh, what are some things I should try to master? What are some things I should try to get better at? You don't so say, coach, I can submit blue belts. Why, why am I not a blue belt yet? Well, you're not a blue belt yet because you're probably not good enough to be a blue belt yet. Um, or your coach hates you. You know, like that's always an option. Maybe the coach's answer is just like, Bradley, you're annoying. You're the most annoying person. If you would just stop being so annoying, I would give you your blue belt. Sometimes that's the answer. But regardless, you can just get that feedback and then have something to focus on, right? But you can't just say maybe he tells you that the answer is you're good on top, but you have no guard. And so then you have an answer. I need to get good at sweeping. I need to, to sweep guys or submit guys from my back. And so you have something to focus on now. But you don't say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be good at submitting and sweeping guys off my back. No, you break it down into small goals. What guard should I add? You could ask your coach that. You could ask some people you train with that. You could just see what kind of fits what you've been working already. Try to learn that deeper. Try to understand it more. 
buy some instructionals, watch some YouTube videos, ask your coaches, ask, you know, get a private lesson on these things. So many ways that you can learn it, but you have something to work. So that's your first goal. Then you go, okay, I need to get reps from here. I'll get reps sparring half guard every single night. Maybe um, I have no control of my training during class, but we kind of have a little bit of open mat after. And so I'll spend those 30 minutes sparring bottom half guard over and over and over and over or boss close guard or whatever guard that I'm going to spar. And just if there's a pass restart, if there's a sweep restart, we're going to get really good at this. And by three months, you will notice that you have checked that box of becoming good at half guard. Doesn't take that long. Just take some focus and consistency. And most of the time we're trying to just throw stuff out and we're not being focused. We're not being consistent. Um, and so if you are somebody who likes journaling, if you're somebody who that has been helpful for in jujitsu, I'm sure that will be helpful for you too. Uh, and so you can write down those goals. You can break down those goals. You can talk about where you're at each time. You know, and you can really, it is fun to be able to look back. The one thing that I have written down is I think all the way through purple belt until I got my brown belt is like every match that I've ever had, I have written down. And, uh, it is one, it's really fun to go through those and go, Oh man, I fought this guy. Cause I, a lot of times I wrote their name down too. all I wrote the final score and the person's name and, uh, how I did that day, what tournament we were at, but it's still just that little bit is fun, but here's why I don't write things down. Okay. So this is a lot of people in this this little part of this episode is going to make people angry with their old pal, Josh McKinney. So a lot of the reasons that I don't write things down is because a lot of the thoughts that I share with you guys on the podcast, a lot of the, those are the thoughts that I have. These aren't things that people um, write down and say, Hey, you should, you should talk about this on your podcast. Most of these thoughts are just how I see jujitsu and how I see the jujitsu world and how I see getting good at jujitsu. That's why if you watch the first episodes from 2019, not only am I more clear and more concise, I actually give you different opinions on how to do these things and accomplish these things. I actually teach completely different. That was four years ago. I was a black belt then, but I totally have a different perspective now. And I really believe that part of that has to do with that I don't write things down. I really think that because people will always say you should write down all these concepts, especially like I don't tell you guys this a ton on the show, but it's how much I experiment as a coach with teaching concepts. Um, and basically to this point, I haven't shown a real move in years. I mean, I do show techniques. That's not true, but I show them after I've taught the concepts and I've highlighted the concepts from different places. Then I give you a few examples of the concept. But for me, looking at grappling from a conceptual approach, meaning what things are happening a bunch of times, and then could we take all of these techniques and boil them down to a few sentences? Because then I don't have to show you all the techniques. Then you can use your hand fighting and your footwork and all these other things that I can teach you to develop skills with to accomplish the right task. And you'll be doing jujitsu but you won't have to think of it in a technique base, right? So I've been teaching this way a lot. And people from 2019 and 2020 will say, oh yeah, I've learned, I've learned chest over chest from you. And I'll smile and I'll say, oh, okay. And then whenever I get the chance to teach them again, maybe at a seminar, maybe at something else, they'll come up to me and they'll go, hey, that is not what you taught four years ago. Of course it's not. I know it better. Wouldn't you be sad if I taught word for word the same thing four years ago? Yeah, it was great then, but you can't tell me it is not 10 times better now. So then with that same perspective, why wouldn't I look at what I have now and assume that if I don't, if I don't paint it into a box, if I don't say, no, it has to be these things explained this way, and I keep tweaking it with my students, and I keep tweaking it each time I show it at seminars, and I keep messing with it, and I keep messing with it, to think four years from now that it won't be better? 
maybe it won't. Maybe there will be a point where we get to the point of diminishing return and it is time to go, all right, what, what has been the most important? Uh, but I just don't think that that is, I don't think that that's how you, I don't think that's how you teach. Um, I don't think that that is kind of how you get as good at jujitsu is by limiting that it has to be this way right now. And so that's why I don't, that's why I don't journal. Um, or that's why I don't, yeah, that's why I don't journal, honestly, uh, is because so often it's so easy to get married to thoughts, especially when I write them down and they're my thoughts. I'll write something down that somebody else said that's really intelligent, but I don't write my own stuff down. I don't write a lot of my own, those things. And I probably should, who knows? But for me personally, I find that it works better when I explain, for example, I went, I was at Body Fit uh, in Kansas City, one of the tag team schools run by uh, David Vava. And it is uh, so much fun being back there teaching some guard passing. And um, something that I really noticed about um, going there, one, everybody's tough, everybody's bringing the heat and, and trying to kill me. Um, but I had taught these same things to a lot of the people in the room a few months, a month before. Um, We had a a big camp at my coach Kyle's and everybody was there and a lot of people got to see my same idea, chest over chest uh, ideas on guard passing. And um, then I taught them again just with more detail this time at Body Fit and got completely different questions from people. And I also explained things differently than I explained them the first time. And the reason is because I am giving you my perspective. My perspective changes constantly. I don't want to just give you my perspective from 2020, right? And so again, this is why I don't write things down. But there are definitely things that should be written down right? Things that you want to remember and you want to go back on. And since your perspective does change, and it should, sometimes you write down your perspective in 2020. So then you can look back on it and go, whoa, I think totally differently now. And so there are definitely reasons, but I don't want to be disingenuous and tell you, you should absolutely be journaling because I don't do it. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times it is to me, another one of those things that we add so we can be better, right? Because good guys do it. But I don't know if it necessarily always translates into getting better at jujitsu. A lot of times taking that time and just staying focused on one thing instead of writing down details from a different move that you'll, again, never use. Um, and so just taking that time and, and trying to get better at the, the thing that you've been trying to get better at instead of writing stuff down. Now, uh, the the other side of that coin would be you write stuff down about that one move that you've been focused on and you write those details and then it lets you understand it deeper and deeper and you can always go back and you can always reflect and say, wait, I used to, re- I used to regard being on your side as the most important thing for half guard and now I don't do it anymore. I'm just laying flat and that's why I keep losing. So sometimes it is nice to have that. Um, but again, those are probably going to be perspectives you're getting from other people, which I am all for writing down. Um, random, random, random rants at the end to finish this episode. Let's look. There was one little, oh yeah. You know, I talked about it a bunch. I actually talked about it basically in every little thing, but the last thing I want to highlight for, for the white belt is being willing to ask questions and ask a lot of questions. And I think you should ask a lot of questions to a lot of different people at first. There comes a point where too many perspectives, you know, you get your blue belt and you have, you're getting 50 different perspectives on every position. It can be a little overwhelming. It can be a little frustrating. But when you first start, I really think just going in and saying, okay, well, I'm going to ask this guy about this position because sometimes somebody will explain something to you and they just speak your language a little bit better than uh, someone else. Sometimes it's not even the coach that does it. Sometimes one of the purple belts is your age and your weight, and so he or she can explain something and help you do it for yourself, right? You're getting their perspective. And so a lot of times just finding those perspectives that you like, and then those are the people you continually ask questions to, right? Sometimes 
there are a lot of people that, like we said, want to be understood. They want to share their perspective. A lot of people want to do that. If people annoy you with that and want to share their perspective too much and they're always trying to help you, you can let them know, like politely, hey, I, I just want to train today. I just want to get better today. I don't, I don't care what you have to say. You're annoying me. Um, send them this episode and just just tell them to listen to that little 20-second blurb about being annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today is make sure that last little bit, make sure you're seeking guidance. If you're listening to a podcast about jujitsu training, getting better at jujitsu, and you're an hour into it, I assume that you are good about seeking out guidance. Um, but don't forget, a lot of times you seek out guidance in your room too. I know there's so much great stuff online, but the people in your room have so much more perspective of you, of where you're trying to get to, and of you know of what tools you have with you. Um, you know what the gym that you're in, how that it can help you. And so, um, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hopefully, it helps some white belts become blue belts, so then they can be real people. Um, let's turn it over to Josh to close out the episode. And that is the episode. Thank you guys for checking this one out. I uh, didn't post a Tuesday episode. If you guys didn't realize, I actually got way more texts than I have been getting because people were keeping me honest on the Tuesday episode thing. I promise we're going to get there. I promise. Eventually, the Tuesday episode will be perfected and we'll get there. But just like with the Thursday episode, getting it perfected, it takes a while. We're working on it. And it's also the just the busyness of my schedule. We're in Kansas City uh, coaching this weekend on Saturday and then uh, teaching on Sunday. And so it's just uh, kind of busy to get a, I wanted to do a repost episode, but to just get that done. Um, if there isn't a new episode next week, there is for sure going to be a repost episode. We are going to be, we're pretty much finished with um we don't have a name for it um but with the the working title is the dog the dog pound method of strength that's not what we're going to stick with um but the working title is that and it is the really it's a strength for jujitsu for people that are not on steroids um an actual strength training routine to help you gain strength help you gain muscles that you do not have to take steroids for um, and so we just see so many, every jujitsu product out there on the cover is a dude who uses. And so to act like that, it's all the same. Oh, well, I mean, I am on and you're not, but this workout routine works great for me. It's like, no, you're on. So you can make it through that workout routine. I can't even do the stuff that you do. Even if I practice doing it, it's only going to take away from my jujitsu. I have a certain amount of recovery. And so this strength training, uh, these ideas that we're going to talk about, they are going to be for a lot of people groundbreaking. Um, they're going to be shocking to a lot of people, but this is not new stuff. Um, it's going to be new to jujitsu, but this is not new stuff. This is old, old, old school stuff that works phenomenally that my dad has done 30 plus years that I have done on in my jujitsu training. Um, honestly on and off since I was born, not even before I was even doing jujitsu, I've done this, this, this type of programming on and off. And then over the last two years have been super consistent on it. And it's allowed me to change a weight class. It's allowed me to be strong in a division where people use steroids and I don't. And, and honestly feel stronger than probably anybody I grapple at middleweight. And so that is pretty crazy um, that you can get those kind of results. But that being said, when we start selling it, I want to make sure that we get a lot of Steve McKinney on the podcast. Just one, because I know a lot of people haven't heard from him on the show in a while and are like, hey, uh, you work six feet from your dad all day and do podcasts. Why do we never get? And those are a lot of people's favorite episodes. Why do they never get Steve McKinney episodes? You're going to get a bunch. It's going to be really fun. Um, and so definitely look forward to that. Uh, if you want more information about that stuff, best way is going to be the Gee Gazette. So if you want to sign up for the Gee Gazette, just go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three and sign up for the three lenses ebook. And uh, you will be able to 
download that and you will be on the Geek Gazette. And I'll let you know anytime we have something exciting going on on the iSecond Jiu-Jitsu show or at simplifyingjujitsu.com. And so that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope that today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu. Have a great day, guys.